0: Ah, yes, there is the music, and we are back underway. 44, they said it couldn't be done, but we done it. Who said it couldn't be done? Episode 44, Cool Button Hockey Pod. When I say 44, does anything come to mind to you, Craig? 44, that's not really a hockey number. Um, Didn't a Bradley wear 44 in Tampa one year? Anyway, how are you today?
1: Didn't they just retire, number 44, in uh, St. Louis? Oh
0: a big miss by me that's right
1: he was he was traded somebody in hartford said he ain't gonna make it after being the second overall pick he showed them he was gonna make it all the way to the hall of fame just like we're gonna show everybody what we're all about (laughs) so who
0: didn't like chris pronger i don't know who traded him
1: they traded him for brendan shanahan they turned chris pronger into brendan shannon turned him into keith primo well okay let me just see. You turned a Hall of Fame defenseman that could control the game into a power forward into a, a good second-line center. Yeah. Well,
0: Keith didn't like being the third-line center in Detroit. He was behind, you know, Eisenman and Feneroff. They were good. <laughs> they could have been great. He didn't like that. So he wanted to move on. I get it. I get it. When you first saw Chris Pronger, did you think, boy, this guy's tall, but he's a rail. Like, he was a rail as a teenager, right?
1: Yeah, he was. But so what? He controlled the game. You know, I remember talking to Chris once. I know Chris for a long time. I knew when he was younger, uh, my my wife's aunt worked for his father, Jim, up in Dryden, Ontario. So I know the Prongers quite a long time. Anyway, uh, Chris, you're right. He was tall. He was lanky, you know, like he was filling out, finding all his coordination. But I remember him telling me he said one of the things he had to learn, he said, was knocking down pucks. Remember how great he was at knocking down pucks as they were dumped in, right? Yeah. And he said, he goes, well, I had a real choice here. He goes, either I could learn how to do that or I had to turn and get my face bashed into the glass. He goes, and I wasn't big enough or strong enough. Hey, yeah, yeah, he was he was smart, that guy. And he still is smart. But 44, you know what else comes to mind when I think of 44? Who? Stefan Richie. Stefan Richie could shoot the puck like nobody. He could score from outside the blue line. How many guys? Do you know in all your time in the NHL, not naming uh, round hockey, not naming Bobby Hall, outside of Bobby Hall, who else could score outside the blue line? Stefan Rechek could score from outside the blue line.
0: I think he's still the last Hab to score fifty. Yeah, think about that. But- from, like that's like we're like fifty's a great number. I heard someone on the radio the other day that you know Craig didn't know how many. 50 goal scores had ever existed in the NHL. Not how many times it was done, but actual yeah. people like in 104 years, five in the lockout of NHL hockey, 50 special, like oh. 50, you know, I, I had Luke Robitaille on the radio show, Phyllis Esposito on the radio show, everybody 50 is something. And we could argue like hundred points is great. There's certain stats, but in our sport, like 50, like Phyllis Esposito talked about 50, like, it was a badge of honor. Luke Robitaille, Mike bossy in our lifetime. We got to see 50 and 50, which is we've seen them all like we're lucky. We, well, other than the first one. So we've, we, we, we we've seen a lot of, them. but 50 is something in our sport. Like I remember so many times when someone scored 50, I remember their magic moment and they wear that like a badge of honor, Craig.
1: And it is a badge of honor. There's no question about it. It's the 20 game winner in major league baseball, right? Like, I mean, I mean, that's what it is. It's the triple double. I mean, maybe the triple double is way more common now, but you know, when you think about Jordan putting up 65 and 70 points, you're going, Whoa. Right. But like 20 wins, 50 goals that like, those are standalone marks in a single season.
0: So how many fifties are we going to get this year? Like I gotta be honest. And I like to think I'm mostly honest. Craig's putting up for those watching on our socials too, so Chris Kreider's not getting it. Like I like Chris Kreider, but I don't like him that much. I almost don't want him to get fifty. Nothing personal, but it's, it's to me, it's not a fifty goal score. So once you get it, you got it. But I listen, Craig. He's got eighteen on the power play, thirty five this year. I know what you're saying. The fifties are are Matthews and Drysital. They're going to yep. get the 50, and nobody else is, so I don't have to worry about getting Chris Kreider mad at me for not wanting him to get 50.
1: What? Like, Jonathan Gichu scored 50? Like, did, did you wish that Jonathan didn't get 50 the year he got 50? Don't bet against the guy getting 50. We just talked about how special 50 is. If Chris Kreider scores 50, just think about him going into that, into that group of players that scored 50. Like, like, it's still hard to do. And if he did it, it would be great. I hope Chris Kreider does it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that it's more than two and I now there it is. I'll tell you what, here's, here's our little, here's our little deal. Yeah. If Chris Kreider scores 50, you're taking me for dinner. And if he doesn't score 50, I'm taking you for dinner. Uh, I'm in,
0: i mean, I know the Ranger fan. I'll take too.
1: Diane too. Okay. Too.
0: Bring Kara. She's been away a long, long time. You know, <laughs> so I listen could McDavid up his goal totals by just shooting more and being less unselfish? There's moments I'm thinking like, I get it when he went to dry settle the other day in Philadelphia, like that was a play. He fake shot. We're in a fake shot past league. But sometimes I'm saying to myself, Connor and I've watched him since 14 as you did with the Marlies and then playing in that great, you know, 15 year old game and, Mississauga, I thought to myself, I think sometimes this guy should just shoot the puck a little, oh, Craig, a little bit more,
1: or am I dreaming in technicolor? I, I, no, I don't think you're dreaming in technicolor. So, so you're looking at something that uh, uh, you, you, you think he could score more if he shot more, but you almost have to shift it and convince him that shooting more will, will help him be even that much more dangerous. You know, Connor is such a terrific player. And and because he, he he makes so many plays in and around the net skating and he draws so many opponents to him, along with that 360-degree awareness, he can make those plays and he can draw so many people to him, right? So, so it's it's almost like you have to take a step back. Hey, Connor, like, you, you'll be – our team is going to be that much better if you shoot a little bit more, and so will you. So it, it's almost like you got to convince them why shooting more is going to be better. Not telling them that shooting more can get them more goals, but why shooting more will, will help the team. Because I think ultimately that's where Connor's at. And I, I think you run in – think about like Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton, had, like Joe Thornton has a, had a shot that was very underrated, but he was a playmaker. And people say, oh, Joe, you need to show Jason Spets to shoot more. They have good shots. But the, their game wasn't predicated on just the shot. Was drawing people to them and everything. So, and, and with Joe Thornton, I think Joe would have liked to have scored 50, but there, there was, you couldn't convince him that that was, uh, that it was worth him trying to score 50 at, 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 in his mind, the expense of the other great parts of his game.
0: Which makes this topic so sexy because you know what? I would say you're right. Connor will score more and shoot more if it's better for the Oilers. Uh-huh. And my argument is, I think it is. And on the other side, I honestly believe Austin Matthews should shoot a little less and pass a little more because that would be better for the Leafs. So we've got these two elite players that we first saw together wearing those beautiful North American, you know, World Cup <laughs> of Hockey sweaters uh, that I still see people wearing. And it was, they were unbelievable. And yes, Connor is a playmaker and Austin's a finisher, but Austin's still a centerman and we've still lived our lifetime with Centerman still getting more assists than goals. A, there's two assists on most goals. So in mathematics, you should be able to get it. I see moments where I say, right there, and I've talked to people about it, and they say, what are you doing? He's the best goal scorer of our era." I said, yeah, but when he still shoots, the odds of him scoring on that play are 8.5. But dishing it off, and because, because they know Connor will pass and they know Austin will shoot, They've set themselves up. So what did you tell me? Expect the unexpected. Give me something else. There's a strong argument to be made. Connor shoot a little bit more, and Austin honestly shoot a little bit less. Craig, I believe that.
1: Yeah, no, I told you. Yeah, I, I, I think you, you're trying to find that balance. But keep in mind, it's convincing them. <laughs> it's not telling them. It's making a convincing argument as to why. This can be better for you. Hey, listen, they're elite hockey players. They're, they're, they're elite players. But at the same time, and, and, and they've gotten this far by being the best at what they do. So now you, you got to just try to convince them a little bit more. Steve, like, like, like I think about you, and I've had many a meal with you. So you look at the menu and you go, huh, ah, ribeye or filet? Ribeye or filet? And you go, ah, I'm a filet guy. Right. And I, but I, I might be able to convince you that the, but I got to convince I don't have to tell you that the ribeye is good. I got to convince you that it's worth getting the ribeye and sinking your teeth into it. Same with Austin and Connor.
0: Yeah. And it's a, it's a great discussion because they're so great. We have so many elite players and at press time, I looked at the numbers again, Craig, and we saw the scoring Wednesday. We're, we're close to 6.2 per game. <laughs>
1: No, look we at that are. smile! I gotta tell everybody. Look at that smile on your face. I mean, oh boy, you 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 should be on one of those teeth whitening commercials because the, your teeth just are glowing. And six point two goals a game. Oh my lord! You, oh, I'm blinded. I need my sunglasses. You're glowing so much. Listen,
0: Chris, we've got room for you. We got room for two more. <laughs> we're, we're they're filling up here on the program, but we've got room for you, Crest, because so in the Wednesday night. Moment of Colin Blackwell. I'm just singling it out. Colin Blackwell is in front of the net by himself. Yanny Gord, who I'm not saying he's lost in Seattle, but I think he'll be sad when the playoffs roll around because I like him so much. He strips Philip Forsberg, who I like a lot, but Philip and Ryan Johansson on that one goal. And if you haven't seen it, Google it kids, NHL.com, TSN.ca. Great play by Gord. Didn't like what Forsberg did. Didn't like what Ryan Johansson did. But Craig, this is an old school. This is just hockey. In front of the net, Colin Blackwell is allowed to whack a mole. Have you seen, remember that game? Whack a mole. The moles come up, and you whack them at, you know, the exhibition or whack a mole. I love to. You get your anger out. It's a great whack a mole. Why doesn't fifty nine Roman Yossi, All he has to, he doesn't have to annihilate like Jimmy Mann. All he has to do is body check Colin Blackwell legally, not cross check him. Body check him. The play is over. Soros is safe. But instead, we're doing this, the stick check. Like, to me, just because you can make a play doesn't mean you make it. You make the right play at the time. That play might be a McDavid play, a Matthews play. It might be glassing out. With five seconds left, I'm not going at the empty net. I'm just getting it out, and the game is over, and we win. I'm not giving them another face-off. Roman Yossi, I don't want to tell him how to play hockey. All he has to do is erase Colin Blackwell, I love the goals, but I see moments when Kane's vulnerable, there, Marner, there, hit them, body check them, take them out, not break their neck, not hit them from behind. That's the part I'm shocked. And if you were a manager and you talk to the coaches, would you know, you look at a video and say, like there's moments of just eliminating. That's the part, as much as I like the goals, I'm surprised that there isn't a little bit more physicality when the doors open that was a kids for you kids out there look at that play for Roman Yoshi Craig and you tell me if I'm wrong
1: no I'm going to tell you right now you're not wrong not in my view I'm going to tell you something else Steve and I'm going to tell all the all the people tuning in watch the Calgary Flames watch how Daryl Sutter and, and his defense play body position and like they don't, they don't say, well, we're going to try to make a play and and then we'll have our stick to defend against. They start with body position. And then they look how to make plays and jump in. That team is so good. And I remember when Daryl first came to Calgary uh, when I was the general manager and you know what he did, you know what the first thing he did in his first practice. I'm going to guess, cause
0: you're leading me nicely. So I want to say something smart he probably talked about body position,
1: probably said, don't worry about the puck, worry about the body. So uh, here's what he worked on. And that's exactly what it was in front of the net, defending the front of the net, defending the area in front of the net. He took, he took a bunch of boards and benches and he put them down. And so as the puck came off the boards, so, you know, yeah, yeah the puck was going to come and now the defensemen had to find, have to have their position and now they have to have, be in position. And then maintain your position battle for position hold your position and then under sticks under sticks so they couldn't get to the puck it's a different kind of battle drill i'll tell you what that's what he that's the first thing he worked on every time i watch a game now it's funny how you learn right daryl it's in my head under sticks under sticks under sticks under sticks right like you know that's what he did body pull watch the flames play watch they don't chase the play they get into good position. Now they're ready to go. They're ready to defend. They're ready to go offensively. That Calgary Flames team is. It, they got a top-notch coach, and they got a top-notch team. Anyway, I, I just
0: picked that up. But I'm with you, Buddy. No, I'm glad you said that. And I've got an undersized defenseman. And the higher ups in Hockey Canada and the skills camps, when we've done stuff, they just say, "Why would you engage in a physical battle?" Like it's different. The Yosi play, he couldn't have gone under the stick. He could have hit Blackwell. But why would you engage in a physical battle when you are with a player in front of the net? And when the moment arrives under the stick, when a player's stick is lifted, they can't do anything. And lifting a stick is not like moving a mountain stick up, stick up. And the little attention to detail, Craig, there's a Calgary buzz. There's a Calgary buzz that they're going to win the division. You're the vaguest thing that you've been no Notre Dame on. Like this is a topic here. Like this is, Like Jack's not ready yet. I'm sorry. He's not ready yet. Leonard's too worried about your buddy, Frank Saravalli talking about (laughs) him in the post game, the Kings and Nashville Dallas and all that stuff. Calgary they're They've been playing playoff hockey for a long time. There's a Calgary buzz. And when Dean Everson has to basically call out his own team, but we thought we were physical and built and he used count. You know what the scores were seven, three, five, one. And those were two late goals in Calgary. They were both five, one games. I'm just saying when another coach like Dean who has been around is basically going, wow. Like when you're impressing somebody on the other side like
1: that, like the flames, Craig, they're, they're on it right now. Well, and you talk about on it too. So you talk about Dean, the Minnesota wild are a hard team, right? Like, I mean, I like the Minnesota Wild, And so like they got obliterated in, in the first game in Calgary on last Saturday night versus, versus the flames. And then Dean was, Hey, listen, you know, we got to have a response at all. And then they got it handed to them again, like handed right to them. And like, it, it, but think about what Daryl said when they lost to Tampa Bay on that, when they went through that, you, you know, what we call the, the Southeast uh, triangle. Or the Bermuda bowl, right? triangle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. well, yeah, But and, but Daryl said, no, we played good against, we played good against Tampa Bay. They're just a better team than us. Isn't that what Dean Everson said about the Calgary Flames? The coaches know, and Daryl knows.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was telling because normally they don't say very much. No, And when they do, either they've made a mistake or they're being so honest, they've given... A, they, that's not low-hanging fruit, Craig. That's up in the tree where you have to sit there and say, you've, you've given us something here. And the Wild are reeling right now. As a manager, is it now Dean Evison's job to get out of it? Do you look at the coach? Or does Billy Guerin say... We actually have squeezed the toothpaste. Like they've got talent, but not like they got one 97s like that guy. So, you know, I've heard Brian Lawton on our show talked about goaltending. Surprised me a little bit. We like their defense. Is it now incumbent on the GM to do something or do you not make a move when the stock is at its lowest point it's been in two years?
1: Okay. Well, here's what I would say. Okay. The Minnesota Wild. Look at where they're going to be at next year salary cap wise with all that money on the, oh, because of the buyouts nice. of Parisi and Suter. So I don't think this is the year to stand pat. You get a chance to get a uh, 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 strengthening of your lineup with players that don't have contracts going forward. I have said all along, I, I don't know if he'll waive to go there, but if I'm Bill Guerin, I'm phoning Chuck Fletcher every time. Oh, wait, where does Minnesota play on this point on this Thursday night? Do you know where they're playing?
0: I'm guessing Philly.
1: You hold oh, no guess, you're right. <laughs> I know what I would chuck. We need to have a little bit of breakfast. Uh, what about lunch? We're gonna have coffee. How, what's your pregame, like? Because I'm gonna pester him about Claude Giroux. I think Claude Giroux would be a nice, nice fit for the that doesn't mean he'll go there. I'm just, I think that that we know that he could go anywhere and be good, but I think if I'm Billy Garen, that's the guy. Because remember, expiring contract and next year it's a whole different game for the Minnesota Wild, and so. You know, I'll, I'll finish with this as we, as we talk about, you know, we talked about uh, Billy Garen, we talked about Minnesota, we talked about the Flames. I'm laughing. I'm laughing here. You know, you know what all the buzz is in, around the Calgary Flames now? Oh, they've had a culture change. Oh, okay. I guess when you get a top-notch coach, that's what's called a culture change. <laughs> I guess when you, when you get somebody that dials into the details, dials into the disciplines, understands what it takes to be really, really successful, right? I guess that's a culture change, Steve. You know what? Give me a break. Like, people throw these words, culture change. Give me a break. I'm so sick of it. But I'll tell you who's not going to get a break. You know who's not going to get a break? The Montreal Canadiens. Down by four, tied it up with four. Then they lost by four. They're in Calgary on this Thursday night. But they got Hammond in the net. I'm going to bet that their goals against are going to be a little bit lower. But they're up against it, against the Flames.
0: All right, time now for KB on Ice. An inside look at the NHL brought to you by our good friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book. Well, showing off the pints, Mr. (laughs) But whoa, the workouts have done well. You did a lot of working out when someone was in China. But anyway, who do you like? Who
1: do you like on the card tonight? Unless it's Tampa, Pittsburgh. Hey, I mean, isn't it? That's the marquee match, isn't it? Could be a conference final setup. Tampa Bay at home over the Penguins. I'm just, I'm picking the winner. But I'll tell you what. Montreal in Calgary, they gave up eight. But Andrew Hammond's in the net. I think he'll keep the score down. Take the spread and the Montreal with the Montreal Canadiens.
0: Okay. Well, the the easy bets tonight, but they won't pay you a lot, are Calgary over Montreal, even with your score down, Colorado over Arizona, Florida over Ottawa. I don't want to go there. I want to go head-to-head with you, Mr. Craig Button. I'm taking the Penguins. The money line's 148. That's a good bet. You want to play the goal and a half, minus, plus, or whatever. I don't want to do that. I want to go head-to-head. I think it's going to be a one-goal game. So if you do take the Penguins in the buck and a half, you're going to win. On the money line, I like the Penguins. They're due, and I want to see what Mike Sullivan does against John Cooper because he's heard. John Cooper's the best coach. John Cooper's the best coach. I want to see what Mike Sullivan does strategically and tactically in the game tonight. This is great. Reminds me of what, Craig? 2015. Remember, Pittsburgh and Tampa.
1: Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm in. I'm in. But that's our bet. Man, man, head to head, tat tat tat.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, pipes. Just a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, check out all odds, NHL props and totals at SIA.com. That's SIA.com. And sign up today at sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod to place your bet. All of our friends are doing it. Sign up today because sports interaction is Canada's sports book. We teased it just a few seconds ago what a manager may or may not do. And you said, Claude Giroux in Minnesota, do we know the mind of a player? Like does Claude say, well, really I have to go. My time in Philly is done and I want to get out of there. They might need a culture change uh, and just changing the coaches. We've seen them do that. That hasn't worked. You make a list. We led to believe Florida's on it. Minnesota that you've alluded to St. Louis and Colorado. Does he say, okay. Colorado's choice one, Minnesota's choice two. What's the discussion like with a manager? And are you willing to guarantee on podcast 44, Chris Pronger and Stefan Riché, that Claude will go for his own sake, selfishly, you know, to win and to help another team that on TSN's trade bait board, when you're doing the show on the 21st, as we are as well, that Claude Giroux, if he's not traded before then, will be traded by then.
1: I'm going to answer the second question first. Yes, 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 yes. So here's how I would handle it. I, here's how I would handle it. And, and, and I'm talking about from, from an agency, you know, CAA Pat Brisson is the, is the agent and Chuck Fletcher. If I'm Pat Brisson, I'm going to go, Hey, Claude, let's go listen to what the options could be. Let's see who's really interested. And then I would instruct Chuck. Hey, you know, take the calls, let us know, include us in the conversation. You know, you know, we have a list of teams that like, you know, ideally Claude would like to go to, but we realize that they may not all be realistic uh, with respect to what you may be able to get from one team as opposed to another. And, and you lay out the parameters before you even start down that path. What you don't want to have happen, Steve, is go, hey, uh, Pat, this team phoned. Uh, would you consider doing this? You want it to be orderly. You want it to be laid out. And then you want to say, hey, listen, you know what, Claude, I, you know, I know that team A is your, is your talking but they're not really interested. They're kicking tires. And you know what they're really trying to do? They're trying to keep you off the market as long as they possibly can. So, you know, that goes on too. Like, I'm interested. Give me a call in a week, right? Like, so so now you want to, like, if now you're working in conjunction, player, agent, manager. Give me the information. And now Chuck can come back and say, hey, listen, I got these four really realistic, really realistic offers here. I got these other two that aren't so good, but one of them has one of your teams on there. Be straight up with me. I think that, you know, when, because he's got a no-move clause, right? Like Claude has big control over here. And the bottom line is he, he's earned that and he deserves that. Remember what Joel McGinley did when he got traded. Get a trade list. Calgary thought they had a pretty good trade worked out with Boston. Jerome yeah. said, uh-uh, I want to go play with Sid the kid. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and so they had to, they have to try to make the best deal they could with Sid the kid because they'd made up their minds that they were going to trade Jerome. Right. So, you know, one of the things I said at the time, he didn't have to trade him because he could have just said, no, we're going to finish out the year here, but they, they, they'd made up their mind. So wherever Chuck is at, if he feels he has to trade him or he doesn't, you got to work in conjunction with the agent and the player and then go out. Don't be giving me this. Oh, this team phone. What do you think this team phone? What do you think? Let's ha- let's go. Let's be really, really disciplined and orderly in how we go about it. That's, it is. that's what has to happen in my view. Yeah. It's a fun time. And you've been
0: there. And the again, the example, Claude Giroux is Claude a, the pick of the litter and what happens next as we're T minus, you know, two, three, well, less than three weeks now until the 21st, like how hot are the burners on the button trade bait stove?
1: Okay, so I think Claude Giroux would go in and improve any team in the National Hockey League. I I, I just don't think there's any question. I'm going to take Jacob Chikrin out of this, okay, just because he's different, a young defenseman. Scenario, yeah, yeah, great con. I mean, you're going to be making a hockey trade, is what you're doing, and Jacob is a he's a top pair defenseman that's 24 years old with a great contract. So that I mean, that's where I I would be. So, so I'm going to tell you. Who, who I think are my... If I was zeroing in on players, there's three guys that I would be zeroing in on. Three. Claude Giroux. Yep. Because of what he is. I mean, I just think, you play him anywhere, he can do so much for your team. The second guy I would be zeroing in on, I'd be phoning Mr. Kevin Shovel Day off, and I would be saying, what do you want for Andrew Cobb? Andrew Cobb can play anywhere in your forward group. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, and... You know, used to, he can play with skilled players. He can check, kill penalties, anything. Any, any way you want. He, that that guy to me, that's, that's the second guy I'd want. And the third guy I'd want, I'd carry on the discussion right with Kevin again. Well, Brendan Dillon's going to be an unrestricted free agent. What do you want for Brendan Dillon? You know, everything's recent. Ben Schrodt's a good, like, I, I get that why you want Ben Chirot. I'd want Ben Chirot too. But it's all about Ben Chirot. Why wouldn't you be interested in Brendan Dillon?
0: Well, you might undercut, make that move, and then let them fight over the first rounder and everything else and say, uh, I'll take my 5'6 with Brendan Dillon. And that's still, you might want the foreign car, but we've got a good Ford or Chevrolet here with Brendan Dillon. I'm just guessing that's what you're thinking.
1: I think Brendan Dillon is everybody as good as Ben Sherratt. But because Ben Cherrault went deep into the playoffs last year, and, and, and deservedly so, I'm I'm not. I'm, this is not this is not any type of a. I'm just saying, like I just told you, who my top three guys would be as the free agents. Andrew Cox number two. I'd be phoning Kevin Shoveldale. I know Kevin, you're in the playoff hunt. You have the minute you think you might be trading him, you phone me.
0: Do you think Mark Andre Fleury has had a change of heart, or was he never going? we talked about Kyle Davidson and the new jam in Chicago and read the story. 22 years old. He was a video intern. Yeah. Yeah. That's Craig. Maybe I should have gone from Ryerson to the Oshawa generals. Maybe I would have have worked out a little bit better for me, but anyway, that's a story for another day. Whoa,
1: whoa, (laughs) whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me stop you there. I think that this is a whoa camel. What do you mean? It's worked out pretty darn good for you, Mr. Coolius. Yes, you, you've been nominated for major media awards. You're a star in North America. You know, that you've shown your, your, your ability, your talents to do so many different things. I, I think it's a stretch to say it maybe worked out better for you. It yeah. may have worked out different for you, but I'm not thinking it'd be
0: better. Yeah. Gary loves me, all that stuff. I, I know, but I can't get my name on the cup in this situation. Like you've got your name on the cup. It's different. You know what I mean? Dallas stars yeah, and all I that. I get kind of, it. I get it. You know, I get it. You know?
1: So, but anyway, good so, for Kyle. here's yeah. what I said. Here's, here, I, I was talking to uh, a writer in Chicago. We, we talked uh, on Wednesday, Philip Thompson's his name and he's covers the Blackhawks for the Chicago Tribune. Anyway, he uh, I, I suggested to him, I said, if I'm Kyle Davidson, they don't have a goaltender in the system that's ready to come in and play. They got some prospects. Nobody ready but I'd go right to Marc-Andre Fleury. Would you be interested in staying here for two years? I'd sign Marc-Andre Fleury right now for two years. If, if he was interested in staying in Chicago, yeah, I, I would I, I would I would go to him and sign him. because Marc-Andre Fleury has game. Number one. Marc-Andre Fleury has all the all the credibility and all the pedigree he would ever want, right? And he's an unbelievably positive person on and off the ice. And when my team's going through some different challenges and I know I got Marc-Andre Fleury in the net, that's something I want. It's a critical position. You're young. You're going to make some mistakes and you have somebody back there who, whose demeanor is so unbelievably fabulous. That's the first thing I'd be doing if I was Kyle Davidson. That's what I told Philip Thompson.
0: I like that two years, 11 million, five and a half. No one's in the system. Kevin Lankanen's digressed, I think a little bit, maybe because he was the guy and, but, but he would help Flurry. Fleury uh, would help him. And it's interesting. And he's going to play till he's 40. We talked about Brodeur and, and uh, Belfour and those guys. So he's going to play. So, and it's not as if the Colorado just needs Fleury to win. Kemper's turned it around. It's a sexy topic. So as it relates to Chicago, Patty Kane, a year from now in podcast 88, Patrick Kane, do we sit here and say Kane is available? Is Kane able to help a contender at 34, Mr. Button? And I got to admit, I got lucky with that. I just got lucky with that one.
1: No, you didn't. No, you did. You're you're quick on your feet. You know what? You know, Patty Kane's a magician on the ice with the puck. You're you're a magician in your own right. <laughs> that was that was brilliant. Uh, it, you know, Patty Kane. Like, d- does he got game? I guess he's got game. He's still a top-notch player, right? Like we know he is, right? So, you know what? I loved what Pat Kane said. You know, you know they they introduced Kyle Davidson. He talked about he goes. I love Chicago. I love the way they have treated me. This is my, I'd like to finish with one team, right? Like, players want to win. Like Patrick Kane isn't thinking of, oh my God, like, uh, oh, they're in a four-year rebuild or anything, right? Like he's thinking about, hey, I'm part of something here. He's been part of something so magnificent and so special with those three Stanley Cups that, you know, he, he's looking at, hey, you'd like to repeat it. You know, players don't want to just go and leave. And just because you leave doesn't mean you're going to be airlifted into a top contending team. So wherever Patty Kane finds himself, and I would suggest that it would be in Chicago, number 88, I think that he'll be a good player. They have room to, 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 to build their team. Danny works. I loved what he said. I'm not putting a time frame on this. We want to do it right. So if, as long as you convey that to everybody involved, everybody, fans, sponsors, corporate stakeholders, everybody, we're not putting a time, but here's what we're going to do. Then let's have Adder. I've seen a lot of people talk about, oh, yeah, we think we're close, or, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. And you know what? They're further away now than when they were five years away five years ago.
0: Yeah, and um, the King quote that I wrote down that I thought was very interesting was, a privilege and honor to play your entire career with one organization like Chicago. But he also went on to say, quote, we'll see how all of this plays out. So he's left it open as well. He doesn't seem to me as someone who would stay if this is going to be four years down the road, which is okay. Naturally Buffalo, if they were good, might've worked. So a year from now, like that's a lot of money. He's made 107 million and counting. Does it make sense that Tave's got health issues to work out first and that Kane next year would be available to the highest bidder and be the sexiest jewel Mr. Button, that that you think, you know what, that sometimes it's good to have a, a walk away that this this is going to happen. And we're preparing the Hawks fans for the inevitable.
1: Well, but, but, but here's what I would say. Like, I think you're always preparing. Like y- y- if I was Cal Davidson, I would say if I can make a trade that improves our team and puts us in a better position to be competitive and lead us down the path to competing for a Stanley Cup, I'm going to consider everything. How many times have you heard me say people start with no, uh-uh. I start with yes. I, st- I don't start with yes either. I start with why wouldn't I can, I used to tell the players that I'm not looking to trade you, but if a trade comes along that improves my team, you're darn well uh, bloody right. I'll consider trading you. That's what you say. And Patrick Kane will find himself with an expiring contract or not. He'll find himself as being, uh, you know, heavily, like people would be in pursuit of him because he's still a top player. I get it. But, you know, the bottom line is he, he can wait. I'm going to consider everything. Manager's job is to do everything he can for his team. That's what makes Bill Belichick the greatest in the business. The greatest.
0: Whatever's best for the team, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> What's ever best for the team. Time now for final thoughts brought to you by Ultimate Hockey Fans. Not a person or group of people. It's a must-have product for every hockey basement. For more information, do some shopping, ladies and gentlemen. UltimateHockeyFans.com forward slash cool button pod. If you're interested in our discount ceiling fans, puck light fixtures, our buddy Paul Cohen has it all. Final thoughts on episode 44. Where do you want to go? What do you want to leave us with?
1: I got two places I'm going. I'm only going two places. Okay. The first place I'm going is Minnesota at Philadelphia. Minnesota just got busted twice, twice by the Flames. they are going into Philadelphia playing a bad team. You know what? Let's see what you got, Minnesota. Because you wake up on Friday losing to the Philadelphia Flyers, everybody should be on, on alert. And Bill Guerin better be looking and go. what do I need to do? That's number one. Number two, Carolina Hurricanes. They go into Detroit. They lose to Detroit. And Washington aren't very good against Toronto. What do you got, Capitals? What do you got, Keynes? I keep hearing how you're Stanley Cup contenders. I ain't buying. I ain't buying.
0: <laughs> well, maybe Brian McClellan isn't either because he did say uh, we're not at that level. They're 8-12-2 in their last 22. He might be less aggressive at the trade deadline. He sees the tears that we must have listened to the podcast. <laughs> Probably <laughs> talked to me to- He's, he knows that there's three tiers. So, uh, Oh, that's a lot of fun. I wanted to end by giving love where it's deserved to Miko Koskinen, like in his last yeah. seven, eight games and he was great in Philly. So we have to give love where love is due. And, and I think it's great. And back to all these great rookies, Tanner, you and, um, the Leafs, Michael Bunting, they're a little bit older. So, you know, I think there's a bias unless you run away with it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as good as Raymond is and secrets had game winners the other night, What I like to learn from people like you is the hockey people, the hockey people I talk to just love Mo Sider, love him. Not only that he's up there in rookie scoring, those are all forwards. He's up there in defensemen scoring for the league. And he's a better 200 foot player than the other guys who've got issues to work out defensively, you know, bunting's in a spot like he's at the playboy mansion at the grotto. McDavid, Matthews and Marner. Like he's, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Like he's in a good spot, but Mo cider like that. Mo, Mo, Mo. I want to sound like Homer Simpson. So I, I just want to say to the voters out there, don't be fooled by some flash and dash. Think about it. It's not over yet. Um, this guy's a special guy. And you mentioned him when he first got drafted, we talked about it. That's the thing about knowing them from minor midgets to teenagers to NHLers, it's just fun. And I say to Steve Eiserman, there's a lot more coming as well. The Red Wings are moving, mo moving in the right direction.
1: Yeah, Motown. It's going to have a whole different meaning.
0: Nice. <laughs> hey, That's better than hey. my cane. That's better than my cane.
1: But I can only tell you this, too. I, I will say this. He's number one. He's number one on my ballot. I'm not changing it. Most side my number one vote for the rookie of the year. Not changing for me. You know, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing negative going to happen. Simon Edmondson. You haven't heard of him. Have you? He was only their first round pick last year. Whoa. You talk about a pair. I told Chris Draper, I saw Chris Draper in Gatineau in November. He just got back. I said, oh boy, I said, think about this for the next 15 years. Edmondson and Sider, big smile came across Chris Draper's face. He didn't have to say anything. I know what he was thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Draper, who was sold for a dollar, right? That's the
1: official word. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Do you know what happened in the 1997 Stanley Cup party at the Joe Lewis Arena? Then no. the big stage set up. One of the great things they ever did. I'll get into this. We got to have a story time one time because I love that part. But so they, they, they picked him up for a dollar. And Chris Draper got up, took a dollar out of his pocket, and gave it back to Mr. Illich. He said, I want to repay you. <laughs> The place went wild. <laughs> I love it. I had him on my shows in Ottawa, 67,
0: back at Scarborough Cable. Uh, he was great. And, uh, you know, a good Scarborough sy- symmetry there about, uh, you know, being a little guy. He goes, I better get back or Brian Kilray's going to kill me or whatever. And he was great. He won world junior gold. And you know what? The Winnipeg Jets,
1: they should have kept the dollar and kept Chris Draper. Two things, and I'm going to finish it up with this. Chris Draper scored his first NHL goal before he scored his first American Hockey League goal before he scored his first OHL goal. Did you know that? That's fact, trivia. Nobody's ever else has done that. Think about that. Like, you know, most people score their first OHL. He did that. And he just talked about Scarborough. Wayne Simmons is going to play his 1,000th game. You know what? Dean Lombardi paid great tribute to him and talked about what a leader and what a winner he is. So congratulations to Wayne Simmons coming home to play for his beloved Maple Leafs. And with that... Episode forty-four, the Chris Prager edition, Hall of Fame edition of the Cool Button Hockey Podcast. We'll see you for 45.